Hi everyone, producer Jamal here. What you're about to listen to is an older conversation hosted by Mike with returning guests, Marie and Peter. This podcast recording was back in November, right after the 46th president, Joe Biden, won the general election. Now that he's been inaugurated, we thought it was important to release this conversation as our country tries to heal. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. Comment and let us know what you think. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Social Justice, the New American Revolution. I'm your host, Mike. With me, I have my friend, Marie. Hello. How you doing, I'm Marie? Good. How are you? Hanging in there. And I have my boy, Peter. How are you oh, doing? Oh, you know, bro? it's a beautiful, warm November day. Just uh, <laughs> enjoying the unseasonably warm weather. <laughs> Both enjoying yeah, and dreading. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, well, yeah, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know where the conversation is going, so um, I, I'm pretty sure we're all hip. Um, this 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 podcast for everyone who isn't hip. Spoiler alert: <laughs> uh, Joe Biden is now the new uh, president of the United States. He will he'll be sworn Ooh. in January 20th. Yeah. He won the president uh, with 284 Lord. votes. Yeah. If you don't know, you need 270 uh, to to gain that. Uh, and the fact that he got it, it's a, it's a, like you know, it's it's a relief for some, for others, it's it's a it's a huge disappointment, for a, in fact, for an unseasonably <laughs> um, an uncomfortable amount of people, who are actually disappointed with mm-hmm. the fact that uh, they're not going to have Donald Trump as the president. Any yeah, that's that's like James. the scariest thing, isn't it? I mean, yep. may, maybe not scariest. Yes. I don't know. I I like to back off from superlatives but 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 i mean there were a lot of people out there who i don't know i don't know well maybe it's a conspiracy right maybe maybe russia tampered with this election too <laughs> and that we're just seeing a whole bunch of russian voters that are posing as americans that voted for donald trump and it still wasn't enough and the blue wave really happened we just didn't know i would love to believe something so lucky but (laughs) (laughs) not to i i I, I too am a realist (laughs) i'm looking at the associated press and nevada and arizona have officially been called so the score right now is 290 to 214 well there you go it might not be a popular vote uh, all-out rejection, but if we can get an all-out electoral rejection, I'll accept that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It's still... But yeah. if, if... You first. Sorry, no, it, I mean, just to piggyback, like it, it boggles my mind how truly how split it is, honestly. Yeah, it's it's a little concerning, but even being here at two ninety, mm-hmm. um, that still kind of makes me feel like there there are a lot of adversarial um, mentalities out there, but there's 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 just a little bit more um, sensible yeah. folks. I like yeah. to believe we still we still got the majority. We just yeah. obviously have 
a lot more work to do. We have a lot more fighting to do. Um, and as a black man, I have to say to my, 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 my fellow melanin possessors mm-hmm. out there, uh, if you did vote for Biden, mm-hmm. thank you. And, uh, but please, this is not a moment of celebration as much as we'd like it to be. I mean, please take mm-hmm. the day to celebrate and just kind of breathe that sigh of relief that you may have not had in quite yeah. some time. And there's a lot of folks that this for four yeah. years. And yeah. Like, oh. yeah, I think it's okay to, to draw a distinction between feeling some sort of like catharsis today, right? I mean, it, it, you get to put, right. you get to put four years of real stress uh not wholly to rest but 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 a big part of it can go go to rest uh but it's 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 okay i think to draw a distinction between feeling relief and feeling victory Mm -hmm, because we right because like the past several months have been so well aside from the last four years with trump as our president but the last several months in the pandemic have been so challenging and stressful and upsetting for so many people we have to give ourselves grace and celebrate these small victories just in order to keep ourselves sane and keep going because it's just it's just exhausting did you guys see van jones speak after on cnn after they made the announcement no i didn't he was crying and he said it's um it's easy to be a parent today and to tell my kids that you know your voice matters your um he's uh black political commentator on cnn for anybody who doesn't know um and he yeah he cried to the trump election too when oh, the trump really? won he cried yeah hmm. yeah 2016 that. Mm-hmm. and um he was just it was it's a it's a really amazing um speech what he said so definitely look it up but he was just talking about how he feels it's easier to be a parent today and to um not be so fearful for his kids there's still a lot to be done but um, this is a step in the right direction. So I started crying when I watched him <laughs> speak. It was pretty emotional. <laughs> so many people are feeling what he's feeling. Yeah, I remember when he when when Trump got elected, it was tears mm-hmm. of sorrow mm-hmm. and kind of like mm-hmm. belief and how astonished he was about how how many people were so adamant yeah. about like this presidency that they they trump the mm-hmm. popular vote to forgive the <laughs> pun, but. Yeah. to get it so he was he was pretty miserable in that and just to see like a such a reversal but still being that same emotional person that mm-hmm. he kind of is and kind of represents it's kind of uh, this is part of the reason why I, I love this podcast that we got because we are more of a representation of that mm-hmm. type of america uh having those conversations mm-hmm. in any way like just being people who mm-hmm. feel these things and actually experience like the just the stuff that's been happening on 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 a on a on a on 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 a I guess a lower level I don't have a better like number for it but just for everybody down here that's not a celebrity and or a journalist or you know what I'm saying somebody that has a big that's business true. attached to their name this is a large yeah. victory and I think it's I think the the um the 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 initial reaction the the relief reaction and you know it's it's genuine and I think it's important that we carry it on uh, for a little bit longer too I know there's I know that there's I think anybody anybody who would listen to this podcast or anybody of, of, of the same kind of mind would, uh, would agree that there's, there's a ton of work to be done. But we also can't forget that Trump is our president for the next two months. And yeah. there's going to be some fighting that's going to have to go on, even if there's an end point. And even if we trust that there's an end point, uh, mm. that a sense of relief and a sense of uh, hope 
and a sense of progress is going to be an they're going to be important ingredients to make sure that people have the stamina for the next two months. Totally. I would speak beyond just the two months. And that's kind of the argument I was making. People have to come out locally. Uh, I, I cannot keep fighting that to the death. There are folks out there right now who I personally care about and associate with who will have views different from mine and felt like, you know, they don't care who gets in that office. Uh, those people aren't for us. And those folks, um, in a lot of ways, are right. And uh, I share a lot of those um, kind of feelings with them in, in certain regards. But I also recognize, like, especially as somebody whose parents, like, fought for them to, to vote and yeah. being a part of, like, situations that made sure that they could vote. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to not do my civic duty. I'm not going to hold my, my antipathy as the excuse to why I don't move or make any movements. So with that being said, after Trump gets out of office and Biden takes over, you still have to show up to your um, local yes. town meeting, to your local election for your for, for your for your mayor. You still have to show up to make, to make sure you know who's going into the Senate, who's going into um, into the Congress, um, uh, who's going to get voted into like all of these levels, all of these levels of politics and all these levels of government. Uh, you have to be responsible. Yes. You have to understand and know. You have to know what the law, uh, what laws are happening. Uh, what laws are getting punished? Uh, if you truly are adamant against the things that are happening and don't no, and no longer want to be um, either a not seeing anything change for you on any particular level, or b um, seeing things change for you badly, no matter who gets in office, then you have to be a part of yeah, the right, exactly. Yeah, and I I I want to say also that I think it's even it, it might even be it might even be more important once once he leaves office for that to be the case. You know, not not that it was less important to to be active over the last four years, but um, but the the types of I don't know the the, the powers that oppose uh, that, that oppose you know real freedom, the powers that oppose um, you know that that really that have opposed uh, all of you know the activism were were obvious. They were at face value. You could see them. They were high up on a pedestal. You could say that's mm-hmm. the problem. But once that okay. problem becomes invisible again, or if not invisible, certainly less prominent, then you, you really risk that the, the, just the comfort, right? The comfort that comes from the idea that today worked out for, for people for the next four years on one level. So yeah. I would even say that it's, it's more important to be seen uh, and, and, and to push for a more progressive agenda come January 21st because it'll be much easier not to if you don't see people doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, go ahead, continue. No, 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 that was, uh, I, I make sounds. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> um, and I think, like, that's the most important thing to remember. And I hope that, like, we can really take that from this election over the past four days like we've really I feel like even though it sucked that the whole thing was dragged out to the weekend and everybody wanted an answer right away like I think the fact that that happened it really took the time to stretch out the process and everybody could see how democracy truly works because so many people in this country still believe that their vote doesn't matter and um, the government is rigged and nothing works but I think like we 
like the fact, and it says like so many more people came out to vote this time than ever before. Joe Biden received more American votes than any other presidential candidate in history. And I was even listening to different uh, reports this week, particularly on Hot 97. And they said that there was not evidence that Trump lost votes in the states that he had won in 2016, but that many more people registered to vote and came out to vote um, for Biden. And that's why the numbers went up so much. So I just really think that there is, even though the Democrats winning the election and Joe Biden as president-elect is not the end-all be-all victory and solution for all of this country's problems. I really do feel that it's a step in the right direction and it is a significant change that so many more people came out to vote and it's clearly displayed. So I do think that there, I do feel a shift is happening in the fact that democracy is really, we witnessed what it could do this week. That's what I want to say. Yeah. And I hate to, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I would even. Oh, I was just gonna say that to your point, Marie. That's a that's a that's like one of my mm-hmm. biggest takeaways from this election. Not only that, act like you know, what I'm saying inactivity um, is uh, yeah. is a yeah. weapon of the opposition yeah. that's used against me. But everything yeah. that I don't know, everything I refuse to learn about, uh, mm-hmm. will be used against me. And, uh, and 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 be um, ultimately could be the the reason that um, I right. lose civil yeah. rights. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to take has to really participate and take part in exercising their voice. And I hope that this election really told showed everybody that. So here's so here's here's a question then: How do because I there's a there's a there's a big part of me that believes that that people. People did this. I mean, this is that's fantastic, right? The idea that more people are engaged. Mm-hmm. The idea that uh, mm-hmm. I think what Biden got more more of the popular vote than any president in history. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that, maybe even most of it, maybe even all of it, has to do with how uh, you know how 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 much there was wrong that was visible, right? So totally. so so if that's the case, how do you keep a spotlight? on what is wrong in such a way that you keep people engaged because I don't want to be naive and assume that a person who voted in 2020 is just going to vote in 2022 and 2024, right? How does one keep that going for the people who are not going to be out in the street or the people who are not planning on voting for their local controller? You know what I mean? Like, how do you keep that? Mm -hmm. How do you keep that, that momentum for most people? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely a fear of mm. mine too. Like, so this election woke everybody up. Like, how do we keep everybody woke, so to speak, and to really, Awake. to really <laughs> continue to make the progress that we need to see? And I think that's the conversation that I really want, um, that I'd really like progressives to be having over over the next year. Like, I, I want to mm-hmm. see, I want to see more organization. I, you know, I want to see more. Um, more planning and less need to be reactive because I think it's yeah. right. I mean, it's everything has had to, everything has had to have been reactive as, uh, as things I want, I'm going to say got weird, right? Cause they were getting weird. So as <laughs> things got weirder, uh, reactivity is an easy, it's an easy out. Um, but mm-hmm. planning takes 
patience and wisdom and foresight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, conviction and resources. Mm-hmm. And these are not things that just happen. Yeah. So I feel like this is, this is now, now the, 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 um, you know, the onus is on the progressive movement to really define itself in, uh, I don't want to say in a vacuum, but, you know, without the scary overtones of what happens otherwise. Because if not, it's just going to go quiet again until, until reactivity yeah. is necessary. Yeah. I think that's like the dilemma of most folks and especially uh, the folks that I'm referring to as, as mm. the politically um, mm-hmm. checked out, you know, mm-hmm. the folks who don't believe in the process and didn't participate in the process or mm-hmm. refuse to engage in the process. Um, those individuals who my heart goes out to because I really truly and honestly understand like just seeing how a system that's continually corrupt is a, is allowed to be corrupt on multiple levels or in some cases watching people yeah. vote for that corruption and, and, and in favor of that such, of such corruption it's, it's a very disheartening thing um, but um, you know like I just walking away now or, or acting like we don't have to work is exact that feeling that you that you guys are describing that that relaxed capability is what got yeah. Trump right that 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 coupled with the opposite of that on the other side right there was planning on the other side there was strategy yeah. on the other side one of my favorite yeah. uh i one of my favorite ideas that that came that 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 i was exposed to recently that i hadn't considered that way before was from uh you know, I, I, I recently went through all of, you know, Ibram X. Kendi's books as well as a number of other ones. But the idea that, um, that you know, we talk about anti-racism, but racism is just mm-hmm. as sophisticated. And racism grows with the times as much as anti-racism grows with the times. And that it's mm-hmm. this, this, uh, this, this um, I don't want to, it's, it's not like a, a give and take, but it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's, you know, you, for mm-hmm. every, oh, innovation is the word to use. For every racist innovation, there's an anti-racist innovation. And then for every anti-racist innovation, there is a racist innovation. And while right. the racists were innovating, <laughs> the anti-racists went complacent or something along those lines. I don't want to say that people aren't working, but I, you know, because I know there are people out there and working but there is strategy that has to happen that pulls in either more people or, or that pushes something stronger or, you know, it has to get out ahead. I feel like what happened in 2016 was for the years previous, you know, one side went quiet because they felt good and the other side went into the war room. And I think that we can't leave the war room because we still live Mm -hmm. in the most economically unequal society in like the history of mankind right we still live Mm -hmm. in you know in segregated communities as a result of racist real estate laws you know there are so many realities that 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 are uh that are not going to be served by this but that will go quietly into the night without um without advocates and leaders and movements yep but it's easy to it's but it's easy to crystallize a movement around hey look at that guy and how much terrible you know what terrible things he's doing that's easy mm-hmm. what's hard mm-hmm. is keeping that momentum mm-hmm. going uh 
when all else goes quiet. Um, yeah. I admit, most of my mobilization as an activist came from like watching Donald Trump move and then watching like, you know, systemic, like systemically how that affected like, you know, the right. racism that already existed. Watching how many, you know, I know that people are saying that, um, uh, that, that police killings may have not increased. I don't, I don't want to speak mm. on whether or not they increase more under Trump or less under Trump. I'm not going to make that argument because mm. they're still happening and they mm. need to stop completely. But um, I will say that um, because I had that and because I had, you know, the situations happening, it, it, you know, even, even now, and most of my motivation comes from like either abolishing mm. in or def yeah. uh, uh, defunding the police. Uh, all of those, as long as the police are going to be the police and do and police black people the way they've been doing, um, I'm always going to have a, a villain to fight, so to speak. I'm always right. going to have like mm -hmm. um, the opposite. Uh, and yes, I, that's my motivation yeah. for me personally. You know, I don't necessarily know if I can galvanize people who might be like minded to kind of stay at the same level that I'm going to be, be like applying so, myself. Yeah. So I think like an important point to make. And I think this is something that is significantly lacking in society, clearly on conservative Republican side, but also on the more democratic and liberal sides. So I was recently listening to the Michelle Obama podcast and her first episode is her conversation with her husband, Rock, and they're talking about like just about the differences that they've seen and political movements from when they were growing up to now um and just from all different types of changes economic changes changes in family dynamics and how decades and decades ago everybody really more looked out for each other especially in the neighborhood uh parents would look out for all of neighborhood kids not just your own kids and you don't see that anymore um at all right now everyone's really private and keeps it themselves um so it's just that lack of community and responsibility social responsibility for other people everybody is out for themselves selfishly and what's going to affect me directly and we don't really think about what will affect other people and how that affects our society overall so i think if people can keep that in mind the community theme and just not me, us, we're all in this together. We all need to keep working together for a brighter future for everyone, not just me. I think that is something that could keep us going in the right direction, but it's incredibly hard to make many people understand because obviously 49% of the country doesn't well, believe so, that. So that's a know? great, I love, I love that you brought up I love that you went to community, right? This this sense of community that that um, that 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 has been observed to have declined. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I I have this I I have this Agreed. I've had this thought a, a, a few times. the The idea that um, the idea of the neighbor, right? It's a really it's an old yeah. one, right? It's 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 been the basis of of ethics, you know, and, and you know, spiritual ethical thought from, you know, the, the New Testament and periods before then. I mean, the idea of a neighbor is such a fascinating one because, you know, you have no control over who they are. They have no control over who yep. you are, but you both have skin in the game, um, skin in the yep. immediate local game. You know, I think about yep. back when I was living in Boston and we had downstairs neighbors and we were responsible as a house to clear our own driveway. 
That's how our rent was kept down. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you had to figure that, you got to figure that out with your neighbors. And, you know, maybe in some cases you get a bully who gets his way and in other cases you get equitability, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, the conversation is forced. And then there needs mm-hmm. to be, within reason, I'm going to say within reason, I'll come back to that, but an expansion of that way of thinking to municipality, um, right? So, so, you know, if you just think about your immediate neighbors, you're still within those red lines. Right. But if you can yeah. go a little bit further, like if you can, yeah. you know, I used to, um, I used to travel for uh, a college admissions job and I would go between towns that are, you know, two miles away from each other. And you can tell the difference between one school and the other school and how much funding there is and how much security there is and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, so if we could cultivate an idea of, you know, a real idea of municipal and, you know, co-municipal community. Now, I say within reason only because at a certain extent, it becomes ideological and not pragmatic. And I, I, I think that it's important to have ideals, but you have to be, in, in my mind, you have to be able to imagine your neighbor and your struggle to be, in this, to be the same in some way. And in that sense, it's going to be harder for me to be thinking of brothers and sisters. I live in Massachusetts, brothers and sisters in California. Then it's going to be for me to be thinking about brothers and sisters, you know, one, two, three communities over. But, but I, I -hmm. believe that because of overlap that that something like that could work. And the footnote I want to put here is, you know, when you said like the 49% of the country that's, that's not on that page, I wonder if it's, you know, mm-hmm. if, I know this has been spoken about in terms of city versus country, but, you know, what if we could maybe we reframe that to neighbor versus non-neighbor? You know, those red counties, yeah. you don't have a neighbor. You don't have, uh, yeah. you know, a sidewalk. Like I take my daughter for walks and we know everybody we run into on the walk and we go, you know, I take her for really long walks because, you know, I'm a, I'm a drill sergeant of a father, I guess. <laughs> She's three, so. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you, you, you know I, I know most of the people who I'm walking by. I, how many people are living in our country and not having that experience where on a walk they see a yeah. hundred people that they know? A hundred right. different people in different circumstances and, and, you know, making their money in different ways and with different struggles. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely, that's an excellent point. There's not you don't like get to know your neighbors anymore like you used to. No, but you know, it's funny. We, we, uh, we consider ourselves lucky that we landed in a neighborhood that, uh, that does still sort of have that sense. But I I think it's also important then that you take that, not take it for granted. And then again, extend it beyond. So it definitely has to start Mm -hmm. within a community, but then you also have to look again, you know, you're going to be inside or outside certain red lines from the sixties. So if you're looking just over to the left, the likelihood is there's not going to be that much difference in the circumstances. So you got to go look a little bit yeah. further left and a little bit further right until you find somebody whose circumstances don't look the same. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you, so that's like, that requires a level of yeah. empathy and <laughs> sympathy that is really a struggle for people to grasp. Like a lot of people don't have that trait. They do not have that characteristic. And as a teacher, I try to teach that from day one when they come into my classroom. Like we need to feel kindness and feel for other people because like that's just a skill that it's it's a recurring theme I've noticed in education the last mm-hmm. several years 
um, when you build, start building the community in your classroom, empathy is one of the skills that you try to teach from day one. But can you really teach that? You know what I'm saying? If they go home to, if they go home and hear the opposite message from their parents, I feel like empathy is not a skill that you can teach people have it or they don't so i think that's that's interesting so i don't know my i know you were uh, spoke to my wife on a previous podcast she she and i taught at the same time and in the same place i i was a teacher up until about Mm -hmm. uh two and a half years ago when i i also left a life behind um for similar reasons as my wife um so some similar some different (laughs) um and the idea of of the, the the i i think i'm right with you i think empathy is one of those things that but I think it's like most things, like you have a propensity for things. Um, and I think the best uh, a leader or an exemplar or a teacher can do is to cultivate an environment, right? Because in the end, the student learns a lot more than the teacher teaches, right? So if you yes. can, I, but this isn't like a how-to. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. This isn't a hard and fast answer. But I think the best we can do is to try try to be exemplars of that. I know, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and that's where I think it starts to get really hard in, in, in the kind of political climate that we're given to, to carry public yeah. empathy while also carry um, a, a very public outward facing sense of what is right and what is wrong. There's yeah. some tension there, but it needs to be explored yeah. because if we're all walking around with the right answers, there will be no empathy. But if we all walk around Absolutely. with nothing but empathy, there will be no right answers. Mm. <laughs> done, done, done. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> Quite a bit. I'm just saying uh, just to those ideas and just even the, the, other, the other ideas that kind of worry me as well, Marie, the thoughts of like, you know, how much influence are they getting from their family? Sure. But how much of this influence from this president will be will affect the youth and how that will affect not like just the youth, but like folks that may have agreed with them now and stuff like that, who necessarily who hasn't necessarily shared those same uh, ideas and stuff like that. Like, again, as somebody who's marched at counter protests mm. and stuff like that, I've been called all types of libtard, um, like, uh, you know, like uh, communist, socialist, and, 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 and fat, socialist? And not fascist, how, how the dare they? It's the famous one, <laughs> socialist, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, and that's amongst the other litany of words that they choose not to say because uh, they know that if the only, the only right. connection yeah. to what racism is is saying those words out loud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, just seeing that, I'm also kind of worried about just what those influences, those that then now that they're new or current, what those mean and what those do to undermine like movement, like like more progressive uh, and that's, forms of that's politics. an excellent point and really scary to think about too, because I mean that's the sad, ugly truth that. the the Trump presidency has shown us that he really woke up like it's not Trump again Trump is not the only evil villain like he really woke up an ugly racist bigoted side to this country that's close-minded and not empathetic and totally selfish and unwilling to embrace democracy the way that the United States should be founded upon so to speak like it's just 
it shows how much work that this country still needs to do. And I think if any, if we can learn anything from the Trump presidency, like that's what we can learn, right? That we cannot be complacent. And that's why people kind of fell asleep before this. And we're not active in their democracy before this because, and Trump has really showed us like how many ugly ideas are out there. Um, so yeah, that's really, you know, it is worrisome to think about, you know, what that influence can do. Yeah, no, sure. it's, it's nothing, <laughs> but worry, like... right? I mean, that's, I, I was saying, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone recently, uh, about this and, 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 uh, and, and one of the things that, that I sort of came to for myself was that it's, you know, because we, I, I've been, you know, we, a lot of us have been saying, right. That, that Trump was the symptom and not the cause, right. Or Trump was the, right. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he showed what's actually there under the surface mm-hmm. at the same time that it exactly. brought it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Showing it the light of day, right. Yep. Accelerated mm-hmm. it. Clearly it accelerated it looking at the numbers from this election, you know, so then, yep. so so in that sense, the scarier thing than Trump is is the support of Trump because the support of Trump mm-hmm. is, you know, it's um, let me look over, it's five doors down or six doors down or something, right? That's the right. support of that, uh, and this is where we really start getting into. So, I you know my 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 educational background is all philosophy and ethics um, and public policy, but. You know, I, 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 philosophy and ethics are, are the, the core of my intellectual hunger. That's what I want. I want to know what's, you know, how do we think about what's right? How do we think about what's wrong? Um, and then how do we act on that in a responsible way that promotes what's right? And, and this yeah. is, you know, not to sound like, a, I, I don't know, you know, not to sound like a person, you know, back in the 20s or something, but golly, this is a conundrum. What do you do, right? Because if we were talking about community before and we're talking about neighborliness and the ability to show empathy or at least to cultivate, you know, a, a geographically local sense of empathy that overlaps with somebody who's not like you, well, then how does that work now? Because yep. on the one hand, and, it's going to be, yep. I think if there's one thing mm. that I've learned over the last four years, it is very easy to box up somebody else and then yell at that box uh and okay. and uh and we can keep doing that absolutely um i just don't know if we're prepared for where that leads uh because what we need in my mind and i again this is i think this is now where you know could be up for some debate here but we have to find a balance between uh leading by example meaning you know uh, people knowing that you, you know, you support BLM, people knowing that you support the LGBTQ, you know, plus community, people knowing that, uh, you know, you believe in, uh, you know, uh, you know, the whole, the whole panoply of, of the left's, you know, uh, uh, the progressive movement. Uh, so striking the balance between showing that I am in support of this mm-hmm. and also if you mm-hmm. change your mind, it is inclusive of you too. Mm-hmm. How, how to get there is going to be the key to making sure that Trump was not just the practice round for whatever comes up in 2024. That's where my brain is at. <laughs> my brain is at, we have four years mm-hmm. to try to 
dismantle some uh, yes before somebody way smarter than Trump steps in and uses the the path of devastation that this moron left like yep and like and that's so true and i remember something else i saw on social media the other day that you know someone said i don't want to ever hear that this is not who we are this is not what oh, yeah. you represents <laughs> the this is very clearly yes. who half of us are like according to the split <laughs> vote down the middle and that is a and a really important thing to remember what can happen in the next election election because you know obviously we don't know how joe biden's health will be in four years we want another democratic president to win but uh, like just like you said what other monster will come up in four years who is way more experienced and sophisticated and intelligent than trump who could really shapiro 2024 something like that i know yeah but yep I'm very frightened about that. And I'm also going to speak to that point. Um, just who came out was kind of frightening. Um, mm. There were um, uh, there was more black folk that voted for Trump uh, this year than there were in 2016. But mm. in, all, in general, there were more black folk that came out and voted. And this, so that so I'm appreciative of that. The Cuban yeah. vote, uh, the Cuban American so vote in Florida. Primarily Trump, and I remember seeing a stat somewhere that sixty-six percent of oh, this, women, this white one, women voted for Trump this, uh, in this election. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> you said sixty-six. So the same. <laughs> That's that. I saw a stat somewhere saying that this election, sixty-six percent of women, oh, so far, <laughs> white women, so far, voted for Trump. <laughs> fucking weird but you know what weird yeah. no no yeah right <laughs> yeah gotta slap that yeah. whatever rating on it uh <laughs> no the uh <laughs> oh, now that's broken i'll be swearing the rest of the time no so 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 i think that's but that's the idea that it's weird is part of the problem for us is 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 that um mm-hmm. i mean it's it's not just you know people who you know uh i, I mean these are these are people that 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 we know we all know someone. We all grew up with someone. We all grew up with many someones if we're savvy enough, you know. Mm. Yeah. Right. Some of my homegirls. I mean, you know, are men. Yeah. Some Mike of and I grew up in the same place. There are plenty of people like who you look at now and you're like, "Whoa, oh, okay. Well, I guess uh, I misread that one." Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that's <laughs> I think that's part of the problem because you know on, from the from the right. The they like to call us disconnected, and we mm-hmm. right, and we look and at that and we're saying, and... well, you know, we're not disconnected. Clearly, it's you who are disconnected. But the fact yes. of the matter is, there's no, there's no, you know, the country, the quote unquote, with a capital C. There is no such thing. There's a group of people who still manage to operate under the same regime. That's what it is. So what we're disconnected mm-hmm. from is one another. There's no thing, there's no greater mm-hmm. reality, you know, there's, there's a sense of right and there's a sense of wrong. But I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at them like, man, I don't understand how that happens. And they're probably looking at us saying the Touché. same thing. Now, that doesn't, so, no, I'm sorry. So I, yeah, that doesn't, this is typically where one jumps off into the dangers of moral relativism and saying, okay, well then who's really to say which, which version of reality is right or not? Yeah. 
But that's, and I think that's where you really have to start thinking seriously about, well, that's why it's important that we construct a reality where our ethics are enshrined in law, (laughs) because if it's all in our heads and it's all in their heads, then we better have it somewhere else. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I love that you brought up that point because like, that is a totally mind boggling thing to me. I've had this conversation with one of my friends, like so many times and we just cannot fathom, like we are set in our views, which are typically liberal left and then obviously other people on the conservative right are Mm. very set in their views and we as liberal leftists cannot fathom how someone on that other side thinks or believes and they and we truly believe that we are morally correct but at the same time they truly believe that they are morally correct and it is completely opposite of what we think so it's so interesting that you brought that up because how do you yeah. really know what's and I mean, right? That's, that, <laughs> yeah, and that's where, that's what I, uh, you know, I wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars on two pieces of paper that say that I know something about that, but I don't know anything more than anybody else experiencing <laughs> right and wrong because we all experience right and wrong every day. Uh, the question of mm-hmm. whether there's, you know, the question of whether rightness and ro- or wrongness exists outside of yourself is, it's more of a spiritual question, you know, than it is a pragmatic political mm-hmm. question. And I think the pragmatic political question comes into play when, you know, is it, I mean, that's the question that we really need to answer as a country, the spiritual one, you got to just sit with yourself, I suppose. Yeah. Spiritual one is freaky to me because you got all of these right wing Christians that believe themselves and see themselves as the persecuted in the Bible. From the Bible, you know what I mean. Right. You got these, these they're cats that feel they're like they're the, they're the Jews the in the, in the story. And when then the angel either has orange skin or it's going to come next time. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. there's no way they can view themselves as the Roman. There's no way they can that's right. Themselves as the lion. That's right. There's no that's right. way that's they can review, right. view and, themselves and, and as I the whale. Then it's important. It's really. Of, of it's of dire importance that we then figure out how to play this out in reality in a way that doesn't yeah. empower that view in them because that is a, mm. that that goes beyond mm-hmm. the, the political pragmatic that is the the self spiritual metaphysical that is how they're viewing themselves on a spiritual level and that's not something that you're going to combat mm. with rhetoric and it's also something that you're not going to combat with weaponry you know, those sorts of things tend to, mm-hmm. they calcify under rhetoric and weaponry, right? That's where they hardened their walls and they dig deeper into that narrative because the narrative is all about being persecuted. So, and, yeah. and this is, that maybe this is, this is my possible radical input that gets me kicked off here forever. So this is where <laughs> I do place empathy and connection almost above most other things. Because that, in my mind, is the one thing that can break a persecuted narrative if you hold your hand out enough. That you, that, and maybe that's naive. It is a little naive because there's folks out there that believe Yeah, but that I bet they're, they're persecuted, more persecuted, persecuted by me yelling you, at them and pointing uh, a weapon at them. I guarantee you and that it, if they're persecuted by my kindness, <laughs> they'd be persecuted further by my yeah. anger. But I think that's, but that's important. It's like, why do you always because if that's the, the way guy, they're receiving like, it, agree. then you're not doing just... it right. If that's the way a uh-huh. person's receiving uh-huh. it, then maybe 
your our empathy but that's a scary to change so that can't be substantiated but that's the thing though like there's also folks that don't want to let go of that and that's and that's the that's a really scary kind of viewpoint it's like um we have this uh situation that i feel like also that kind of came about with the trump presidency where we see this almost I don't want to say advocacy, but because it feels like advocacy, but it's not necessarily that. But like, yes. there is this protection of the right to be wrong. There yep, is this protection the against mountain mm-hmm. folks who don't agree with facts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like you might like it's, it's literally the, the, the same folks who give voice to the concept that um you know black like when you see gay inclusion or or black inclusion it's sjw's at work trying to force agendas down your throat it's reflected with folks who come out the woodwork and say things like um i'm not the racist one you're the racist one because you're the one who's preoccupied with race and those are the kind of people that like you know i'm saying now more than ever have um, space and influence uh, to enact change that just shouldn't be. Like we literally saw a rise in coal uh, companies during this election period, I mean, during this uh, presidency. Um, coal being one of the the, the worst or the highest- uh, Yeah, uh, like cl- uh, climate change, yeah. Progenerators of- uh, Yep, yep. Of, uh, of, mm-hmm. I, I'm changing in, in, in air pollution um, and that so many folks were so willing to to believe the narrative that windmills ca- cause cancer and and uh that the, that yeah. uh solar energy damages the environment i think that um so it's you know it's true that there's there's a lot to surmount on that side right on the other side i think that the, i think but i think that the only the only response that i would have to that coming from you know i'll call it my (laughs) radical kindness agenda um and that again will get me you know nothing sorry nobody's gonna listen to this now kindness that's gross i want to pick up a gun civil war time that 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 there's always going to be you can't you can't so first of all nobody is fixable because nobody's broken everybody just needs to be shifted that's that's one place i start from because as soon as another person's broken you treat them like they're broken and then then they're they're gone they're not listening to you so, so you're not going to always get through to everyone. You're going to be lucky sometimes, and you will get through to most people around you. Uh, other times you'll be, you know, average, which is the people closest to you will see things sometimes kind of your way and then go off to their corners and then keep indulging in their own personal narrative. And sometimes you'll be unlucky where everybody around you will look at you as other. Um, and that's not, I'd say unlucky, like, you know, these things are not just luck. These are, you know, socioeconomic forces. These are, you know, these, these play out in real tangible forces in the real tangible world. Uh, but there's a middle ground here. There are people who can be quieted in their fantasy narratives, right? And I think that's where it starts. That you get to this type of support that we saw in 2020 of Trump with the periphery. Like, his core is always going to be there. The authoritarian, fascist, bootlicking core will always be there. And they might not mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. scratch that, probably won't be receptive to some, you know, half Jewish kid like me being kind. That's probably not going to look good to them. You know, they're not going to care about that kindness. Mm-hmm. But the 20 people who, you know, who are watching might. Uh, and I think that it's yeah. the, the more we, and again, this is where I become maybe unpopular. The more we back off of a black and white narrative and we fight for the gray, the more realistic it is that we can, and paradoxically realistic it is, that maybe we can fight the, the, uh, the impulses that are on the opposite side. You know, I think it's easier to fight, the, to fight authoritarianism and fascism and racism and hyper-capitalism if you have, if their if they're cheerleaders shut up. If you can shut up the cheerleaders, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Inevitable? No, absolutely not. I don't know that there's any inevitability in, in moral conflict. Uh, I know. So how, how do you do that? <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't know. But but I think we just we 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 you know. I I know that this is where, this is where folks who have the same social political views that I do. I know this is where I lose them, because. I know that. No, Mike, trust me. I know it. I absolutely know it. I just never saw <laughs> a problem solved by armed conflict that didn't live on in some other form. So if people are comfortable with that, that's fine. It's just not me. I'm not a person who I'm not a person who can point and pull a trigger. And I know that about myself. And that's why I don't buy a gun. I hear you. Am I still was I scared leading up to this election about what was I... going to happen? Absolutely. But I'm still not a guy who is equipped to point a gun and squeeze a trigger. And I also happen to believe that that doesn't make me weak. So. Mm -hmm. I don't don't think of weakness when when, when one says that, Pete. I don't think of weakness at all. It's, it's, it's 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 a cool thing or it's a one thing. And again, this is me humbling and growing, learning that one way is the right way. Um, that being said, as somebody who is um, anti-hypercapitalism, racism, uh, and uh, all the other isms that affect any marginalized group of people in this country, I, I'm limited as a black man to what my level of response can be. And I don't have those uh, resources to be able to cultivate a way where I can back off in certain, in certain regards and stuff like that. Dwindling, man. Species dwindling as far as I'm concerned. Not not the species, but us as a people are dwindling in certain regards. Um, the level of violence that our people see does make me fearful that I, I might need to not only be responsible for making sure that I can protect myself um, uh, from folks who may, you know what I'm saying, break the law in ways that put me and my family at risk, but also I need to protect myself from the people yeah. who are supposed to protect us. Um, so I don't have the option or the um, I, and I hate to say it like this, my brother, but the privilege so, to kind of chill around and 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 have those alternate ways to convey um these thought processes. I don't have any other no, means outside I, of fire you, and I, to, I to know, address the fire that's already burning my home. Um, you know what I'm saying? My reality. I, I I understand the privilege that I have. I I do, and I don't want to say that I'd understand. I, you know, I, I I know, I know that there are things that I am that I am able to do. That that you are not, right? Mm-hmm. 
you recognize well, that I'm I at the mercy of what responses I have. I want to draw a difference, in, though, in this, in privilege this would be withdrawal. And I'm not advocating withdrawal. I want to make that clear. That, that, that withdrawal Absolutely. and that okay. the privilege would be cool. ignoring. That actively engaging in kindness is an engaging thing. That that there would still have there's still engagement. You're not you're not closing your door. Closing your door isn't kind, right? Putting on the blinders is not kindness. Putting on the blinders is is being a Ger uh -huh. being right being a German mm -hmm. citizen who was not aligned with the Nazi party. That's that 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 yes. some people will call Nazis, yeah. other people won't. But the fact of the matter is that's what privilege looks like. That putting yourself mm -hmm. in a position where you are trying to be kind with someone who is being aggressive towards you might end with your own harm, as it did for so many in mm -hmm. the Armenian genocide or in the Holocaust or in things like that. And I would hesitate before considering trying to engage nonviolently as privilege. I would hesitate. I know I do. And I understand that that um, because nonviolent engagement is engagement. Nonviolent withdrawal is privilege. It's in, there's no question about that for me. But I think there is some argument to be made if things had, if things, you know, go a certain way to put yourself out there and say, I'm not, I'm still not prepared to harm. I just, I maybe, maybe a circumstance will come that I am. But I know myself up to this point, and I don't, and you know me, Mike. I mean, I don't know if I if that's if that's the contribution I can have. And I think that our contributions all look different. And I think that but this is but I think this really is the conversation though. Oh. Listen. Yeah. Right, but I don't want people to feel like in that same regard that whatever contribution they're willing to make is uh in vain. All right. Like I said, we I, I I'm not I'm not thinking I don't want to Give off the premise that my like I think that my way is the only way. Um, I'm limited by what yes. um, what what the environment wrought for me, so to speak. Um, but that's me personally. That's what the decisions. That's that's still coupled with both the, the external factors in my life that contributed to this, and the inter and and the the, the factors that I'm responsible for. Um, and I don't I don't shy away from either. Um, and I and I and I show up to both with the same level of fervorance. But again, these are that's that's what's been reported to me because of how I've done or how, how, like what's 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 been up there for now. But anybody who's out there in any degree who's trying to make a change in in the progressive realm and making sure that any voice like that that all voices are equally heard and respected and in in every platform available to us, those are the like I'm saying. However, you fight that battle. As long as you fight in it, you're not an enemy. You're not. You're not. Uh, you know, you're not doing any more or any less than others. Uh, there's not a. It's not a. Um, a competition on how or on how we get to that point fastest and who does more work because nobody really. If, if you're really about this right. particular life, right. like work and this particular lifestyle, then it's bigger than you. Know what I'm saying your personal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know. Struggle in in, 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 in in it, <laughs> so it shouldn't. And I don't want you to. And you know, again, I might not agree with everything that you're saying, and that's cool. I don't, yeah. I don't expect us to yeah. ever have those agreements, but um, I don't 
want yes. to take away. And I think maybe maybe that's maybe that's one I'm thing where I'm aware that you could be doing I don't know nothing. what the I don't know what the the solve for that is. Because I know it's easier to imagine that a person who doesn't I guess it's easy to it's easy to imagine that someone you don't hear from is not doing anything. And so how do we how do we create this kind of cohesion, this kind of trusting cohesion? Mm. Like how how does that happen? Do you know what I mean? Like how 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 do we yeah. how do we get there where we can where we can trust all where we can trust and be inclusive of different forms of agenda change without requiring everyone to look the same in the way they're, they're pushing it. Yeah. That's, I think this, I think is where my struggle has been. I think that comes. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I feel like, I feel like for us, we got to decide what fight we're having. Right. Yeah. And then, she did and then it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Show your work. Yeah. Liz Liz said that once uh on on the on this podcast. She said, uh, you know, you gotta do the work. I agree with her in that regard in that realm. So in that realm, I gotta do how I, I gotta respond the way I gotta respond. That's me, you know, picketing. That's me um at the protest, that's me at the counter protest, that's me going to um, you know what I'm saying, every um election that I can. Uh, that's me educating people um, on on who their local senator is or who their who their local yep. government government representation is and, and where they can go about to find their rights. That's that's the way I fight that fight. Oh, absolutely. Pete, as somebody yeah. who's you, you have to fight that fight with the folks who don't agree with you. You have to fight the folks who look like who look like you but don't agree with you. You have to have you have to be in spaces like when we're saying Black Lives Matter. It's cool that um, I can march in these parades and in these um in these protests past like you know like it's, uh, neighborhoods in 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 Dorchester and neighborhoods in um in hell even Brookline and that's cool and 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 people see us there and it's good that they see us there but was what who needs to hear that message is the folks that I protest uh, at and kind of in view of over out in Chestnut Hill and um these more you know high to do areas that happen to have the folks who generally vote against our best interests and also happen to be you know living well because of it no that's fine um they need to hear that more and i know that you share you your folks like you no disrespect to you not even disrespect just be mindful that you happen to occupy those spaces where folks like that exist and they need to have to hear these conversations. They need to be made to feel not uncomfortable, but they need to be aware that folks that, you know what I'm saying, they considerably either care about vicariously through the connections they've made through you, or just folks in general who just, you know what I'm saying, they may never ever meet, are affected in a yes. lot worse ways Definitely. than they are, just so they can have the luxuries just, that they vote so on, they, that they certainly vote for. And I Sorry, I just think, I was going to say, I think that just comes down to people's different in values and almost personalities, however they feel comfortable supporting the cause, doing the work, exhibiting it however they need to do. And to go to your point, Mike, I think it's important that we try to educate those well-to-do people as much as we can and really... Not that we should be sugarcoating or accommodating to them, but almost kind of spell out or even present 
realistic and practical ways and exercises that they can do to participate in creating a more equal democracy for everybody and not to put that on the burden of you and your people, but maybe that should go on the responsibility of us as privileged white people, you know, doing our part to inform our white counterparts of things that they can do to get on the same page as everybody else and embrace this community. And I think so. And so, and I think that, you know, for, for someone like, you know, for my wife, it's definitely happening loudly and, and, and in front of people. Right. Uh, and, and it is, and that's, you know, to her credit, that's, and, 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 you know, or I haven't even, I would even say to her, you know, that's who she is. Right. For, you know, for me, it's, it's smaller conversations with people, with neighbors, you know, not, not in front of people. Right. Just because that's where I, you know, I get realer, the fewer people there are, that's just who I am. You know, the fewer people there are, the realer I get. So it's a Zoom meeting at work. It's when somebody says something that's that's racist or sexist in a Zoom meeting at work and saying, hey, you know, maybe we don't say things like that. It's not it's not outward facing, but it's something. And I think that the more we can build. Mm -hmm. I don't know, some sort of cohesive trust across this aisle, these kinds of aisles, the better off we're going to be to plan an agenda for the next four, eight, 12, 20, 40 years. Because there is, mm-hmm. there is tons of racist cohesion. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it, yeah. it spans, it spans a lot, right? Yes. We know that racism doesn't just look the way that racists think it looks. Right. Yeah. And, dive in on that a little bit because like so what do they have in common that all of us don't have in common right and i know that um jamal and his brother tremaine have talked about this and maybe mike you have too on the podcast about like just the lack of cohesion in black communities and how they're often against each other for this that and the third i'm not going to go into it because i don't know about it but i know that's been a recurring theme that they have talked about um so what is lacking in this racist or no, what is lacking in our side that obviously the cohesive racist side clearly has? Is that a level of being able to relate to one another? Is that a level of having more in common? Like, what is it that they are so, able to put together that we cannot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamal is, I'm just, I, I, and I've said that he can't talk to, speak to this because he's not, because like, you know, he couldn't make it today, but Jamal um, and I have a great understanding. Um, and I got to tell you, Jamal is one of the realest cats I know because he does not have group uh, like views that are, I wouldn't say, popular in the Black community. And he knows, and he knows it. He, and he doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't not embrace that. That's what makes him so stand up. It's because, like, yeah, I might have these particular views, but I recognize that this is a problem. Um, and when we get to talking, we see how, well, how, how, how different we really are. And that and 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 what with somebody like a Jamal, it's really easy to have yes. um, the um that understanding that we're not going to agree. But I I got your back to the end of the whatever, and that that cohesion came naturally, and I never had to put no effort or work into it. And I like to feel like he hasn't it with me either. Um, <laughs> that's the impression I got. Going, I don't know, uh, but you know. <laughs> 
Love him too. <laughs> um, that's my guy. Uh, I have friends that I personally know who I love, mm-hmm. like, you know, as much as Jamal, who I don't agree with. Like, I, I won't, you know, I don't want to speak their names because like, those are folks who I'm going to be talking about I disagree with and I'd rather them be able to speak for themselves. So I'm not going to speak to them uh, unless they were on here. That's a different scenario. That being said, their views tend to differ from mine a lot in a lot, a lot of ways. Some reflective of Jamal, some reflective of the folks that we're fighting against, which is, the, which is where I take more of an issue. And I find myself having that level of like antipathy towards them, like how can you feel this way, knowing that you are somebody that experiences yep. um, this level of discrimination and yep. this level of racism and or some sort of ism against yep. you? How can you be capable of these thought processes where you where it extends to some other people and they don't have to accept that they that that mm-hmm. that they're not maintaining those viewpoints, but they are and. I'm not ready to have those conversations that don't look like like I am accusing them of something because yeah. I get adversarial because I know what racism feels like. Yeah. I know what discrimination feels like. I know how it makes me feel. I don't ever, I got people I care about in certain communities that go through that that the same level yeah. of racism that I go through, but also go through problems because they're women, but also go through because they're LGBTQ plus. Like and mm-hmm. that side does not get acknowledged in their struggle. And then there's like, you know, other issues internally. And it's all spawning from that same level of racism and that same level of uh, uh, systemic racism that, that, that um, influences the very way that we think and talk. Like our dispo- like dysphoria from, from westernized like, you know, influence is not going away anytime soon. And it brings us to, to, to the point where right. we are capable of committing acts of violence against each other. Um, or even or just well, being I, to a point where we disagree, I actually, and I think nobody that that's, sees a view, uh, or nobody sees like a I way out. I think that's where to, where to, I to pull the, this back around, and I would say that's that's the difference between um, the progressive side of things and the you know more conservative or regressive side of things is the uh, is the framework that we're having these conversations yeah. and these conflicts in is inherently conservative. That 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 our our you know our our, our nation was founded mm-hmm. on on you know principles of you know english common law and precedent before them so it was already like looking backward right that was always a there was always a that that Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. resistance to 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 real sort of progressive forward movement and i so i think that alone the like the idea of like a societal framework uh that supports the language of one side is even enough to give more cohesion to something that you know that is frankly, older and been around for, you know, forever, right? In this country, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, you know, the, the capitalism, capitalism, racism, you know, the isms that, that Mike keeps invoking, the isms, I like that. All the isms, right? Yeah. So, so if, the, if the country's <laughs> uh, history and framework is already set there, mm-hmm. then that's an, easy, that's an easy cohesive team to be on. That is an easy cohesive team to be on the ism side mm-hmm. because it has, it has, you know, it, it has staying power or it has whatever, you know, I don't know. It's hard because mm-hmm. I don't really identify myself on that side, but that's something I would imagine that, that, Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. But it's still here and it's been here for a while and you never knew it to go away. 
So it's kind of easy to fall back on that. And that's another side of it too. I think, no, I think the change is to totally wall. different. Right? It's not because easy. It, it looks different, to, to, right? To be and I think change. this is great because it pulls it's us. Not easy to, I think it pulls us way back around again to the idea of how sure. do you build the next four years? How do you build the next eight years, the next 12 years? How do you take sure. this small victory today, right? How do you take this? This is giving us breathing space is what it is doing for a moment, meaning that we don't need to yell at our television screen or at our Twitter feed as much. Now, I mean, we're still yelling. They're still there, all 68 mm-hmm. and 69 million of them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're out there. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, they're there. Uh, I mean, all of the things that have gone on are going to still go on. Uh, but there's a little bit less noise as of today. And so that, that needs to be mm-hmm. taken advantage of by a broad coalition of progressive style thinking. We need to think as a coalition and not, and because that's what, that's what pushes change. Agreements between groups that are otherwise somewhat different but can get on the same page about something. Yep, and I think that's like, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges that we face as we're trying to push this progressive agenda because I think people really react and are scared of the whole of those even those terms quote unquote progressives quote unquote unquote, uh, liberal or radical socialism and um, I was a big supporter of Bernie Sanders I really Mm -hmm. believed in everything that he was pushing for all of his ideals and um, he there was a quote that he said it said like they call me radical okay because i yes. believe in free education and free healthcare. sure then i'm radical because like i think that like people hear those words and they immediately shut the door because it's too crazy for them to even consider when if they really i really feel like if they took the time to sit down and listen and think about what those values are bringing and what it could mean for their families then they would really be more open to it because even if you think about a, a, a big argument for people supporting for uh, supporting Trump, I think, was that they didn't want their taxes raised or even four years ago, oh, t- Trump said he's going to give us a tax break. And that was coming from those lower class working um, rural communities. And that completely obviously blew up in their faces with the new tax reform in 2018. But like, I feel like if those people really took the time to listen to what progressives were willing to offer working class citizens, then they would be more open to it. So I don't know why they're so closed off to those ideas. Maybe because it is of, because because of it is of. Um, sorry, excuse me. Because of their bigotry and racism that they just see, you know, black communities prog- um, thriving or LGBT communities or other minority communities thriving or getting more rights that they're not comfortable with. But I really think that if they took the time to sit down and listen to those other ideas that the progressive platform brings, then they would be able to join our coalition. But I just don't, it's just so hard to get people to open up to those kinds of ideas, even though it It is maybe what they truly want. Does Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes sense. Does that make sense? I'm sorry, Mike. Before I can you talk go, forever. Pete, before you go, Pete, because forever. I gotta be mindful of the time and I love you and I love <laughs> I love both of y'all, but like you know, I want I want you to come back. I know, and I want you to come back, and I hope you do. 
because another kind of point that you kind of brought up, uh, Marie, that, that 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 I wanted to say was just real fast. Uh, I wanted to address what about ism, because at the core of all of what you just said, I feel like that's what it, that's what kind of fuels most of this. It's the yeah. like you know what I'm saying, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. If this particular group of people happens to be perceived, like happens happens to be thriving yeah. at any given point in time, yeah. you oh, start man, to think like, about like everything a, that like you don't have, and then it becomes of, personal, of and then you apply, it makes it applicable to generalized situations, which is all of them, or all of us. Ah. Yeah. Yes, but we'll talk about that another time. I just give, yes, I just wanted to point out, uh, just um, for you guys. Um, that we that, that that this has been a great conversation, and I appreciate you guys for coming on. Um, before uh, we uh, you know shut it down, I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity for any final thoughts you might want to give listeners who might be pay, uh, paying attention to this particular show um, right now. Just like whether it be related to what we just talked about, or whether it be um, you know just just things that you might want to touch on in the future, whatever oh, have no. you. Um, uh, please, okay. by all means, speak it up now. Um, I, I'd like to wow, start like with you, Pete, since we're going to last right. uh, You know, uh, brush your teeth, take a shower <laughs> once in a while, and uh, don't be a jerk. I mean, <laughs> like, like... Like, like, what's the call? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Springer used to say, what did he say? Yeah. yeah. Je- Jerry Springs, uh, what was it, Springs? What was Spring? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think I actually, I, man, uh, I never thought then, I would say, man, Jerry Springer got it right. But you know what? <laughs> I think, I think he did because I think that's all I actually would say. Take care of yourself and each other because you know what? That's not just for the progressives. That's for everybody, right? Everybody, we need to get back. We need to get to a sense mm-hmm. of looking out for one another. The further away mm-hmm. we can get from I deserve to mm-hmm. what do I, well, who, how am I responsible mm-hmm. for my, my brother? The closer we get to how, how you know, to being responsible for our, for our brothers and sisters, the closer we'll be to a better society. We got to, that's, that's my plug. And I know that's a whole nother podcast, but get it, you know, let's start getting away from the idea of, you know, give me, give me, give me. And in terms of everything and start getting to how can I give, who can I give to, you know, when is the next time I can give? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I completely agree with you. Follow up with that. (laughs) And just for everybody to take today's small, small victory and strive, but don't, forget about all of the work that still needs to be done and to just keep, you know, caring about each other and working towards that community and keep fighting the good fight. Um, both excellent points, my friends, and I appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, thank you for listening to everybody who will be listening. This is Social Justice, the New American Revolution. My name is Mike. On my show right now, on this show right now was uh, Peter and uh, Marie. And uh, just want to thank you both for coming on again. And uh, please, folks, you know, as they all, as they both just said, please be mindful that um, while we definitely have a victory on our hands, oh no, this can be our be this can be our collective yeah, yeah. freeway opinion here. Such a terrible tyrant <laughs> out. This is my personal opinion. I don't, you know, I know not. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we still have work to do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and some of that work will require education on your part, mm -hmm. education that nobody oh, else will no. give to you. You have to go about and get yourself. Do the work. Um, so please, uh, please. Do the work. As, as Liz the August work. has once do said the on the show, please do the work. Do the work. You got to do the work. And, and, you can't, and you can't be biased when you do the work. Otherwise, you're just doing, you're just, you're just finding ways to echo your own thoughts and you're not finding ways to grow as a person of empathy or, or you're not finding Absolutely. ways to grow and foster your own personal empathy. And that's, that doesn't make you a better person. That's just what I have to say about it. Care about everybody and there's nothing you yeah, can do I think, about it. Yeah, I think that was a, that was a um, lot of fun. That was great. Yeah, thank you. And we'll just end it here. Um, guys, that was awesome.